0: Welcome to Five Strike Weekly. Amidst the global pandemic, there's one more match for us to talk about for Atlanta United as news of league suspension soon followed. We discuss all that and more coming up.
1: Welcome to the show, Five Strike fam. I'm AJ and this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern. A cozy neighborhood pub to hang and to have fun. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. They also have trivia nights, board games, darts, a great place to just chill and enjoy yourself. Check out Thinking Man Tapper. It's been a tough time of it for many people around the world, least of all for the sport world that finally suspended league play for public health, but we'll attempt to be your distraction from real world problems for as long as we can. And first of all, yeah, that big news for at least LA United is that MLS suspended league play for for 30 days. At least 30 days. And that's, uh, yeah, I think it's not in there, but I would say, yeah, uh, 30 days is probably still even a little optimistic at this point. Uh, So, I mean, if that were the case, uh, if this happened, it would be... April nineteenth would be our next actual match, okay, and that's against uh, Portland Timbers mm-hmm. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think after through like so many other uh, leagues, kind of pretty much uh, suspending as well. Mm-hmm. NBA kind of one of the biggest shoes to drop, right? right. right. Uh, with Rudy Gobert yes. uh, of the Utah Jazz that uh, tested positive for coronavirus. I mean, yeah. I think you saw the just domino effect. that mm-hmm. I think, yeah, definitely was necessary. Um, yeah, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people were maybe a little upset, uh, you know, that's one that, that didn't happen sooner, or that one on the other side that it, you know happened in general. Right. Um, but I think you know, for the humanity's sake, yes. part of it. I think it's really, really wise.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, because we've seen how it's spread in other countries, uh, we know that there have now been confirmed cases in the United States, um, a top health official in Ohio estimated that maybe 1% of Ohio's population has contracted the virus. Obviously, like, different people react differently to like, right. the virus, and there could be uh, X amount of days and weeks before you see symptoms. You know, just something to know, just from reading. But, right. but um, I mean, but one percent of Ohio is over a hundred thousand people, and so like if, the, if that estimate is anything close to true, that's that's a
1: lot of cases. Yeah, that is a lot of people, and uh, apparently, 46 of 50 states right now are affected and have cases of coronavirus. Uh, I, you know, I just urge you, if you're watching this to do the research, yeah. uh, really search out CDC.gov, search out World Health Organization, uh, you, you know, reputable sources that have, uh, you know, actual information on what you should do about this, uh, and yeah. especially yeah, if, if you have it as well. But um you know, and in terms of back to MLS, yeah. they are planning to reschedule the postponed matches on the back end of the season in the fall. Interesting. Yeah, uh,
0: that makes this, this sound busy, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: so there could be some midweek matches, uh, and especially if it's only a month. I mean, on the very optimistic uh, right. end of it, right. it would only be three matches. If it's more than that, if it's you know six to eight, or you know whichever. Uh, obviously it becomes more of a conundrum on how to uh, really fit that all in. Because three matches, yeah, you can maybe tack that on at the end and make it kind of look like the 2018 MLS playoffs. Uh, And that's maybe more palatable. Um, If it extends further than that, then you'll just, I mean, that could be a thing. But um, I think mostly, yeah, they will try to fit. They are saying trying to fit all thirty-four games. Yeah, so,
0: and I mean, lucky for MLS, like only there's two, only been two weeks in
1: the books, so it does seem doable. Um, yeah, you know, Garbers even said that the off season w- was a little bit too long, and <sighs> I think many of us felt that as well. Yeah, it was, it right. Felt like it, it felt like half a year, but it was like five months, which is still like a pretty sizable amount of time. It's a lot, yeah. So it's a uh, you know. I, Near the end of a season, okay, and then into the new year, it's like, oh, it's not, you know, maybe the worst, uh, but yeah, there is a little bit of flexibility here. Especially, yeah. we're only two games into the season, right. uh, and so in terms of that, there, you know, uh, the large scheme of it, our season really just started. Yeah, yeah. but. Um, that was following uh, the announcement earlier in the week that MLS was closing locker rooms to the media due to the cor- coronavirus concerns. Uh, in terms of that, uh, that was just trying to contain it yeah. to itself, and you know there was a little bit of speculation if they were going to play, uh, you know, for other other leagues anyway. That yeah. if they were going to play closed door matches yeah. for MLS, it's we kind of relied too much on match day revenue yeah, for yeah. it to ever really be a thing at this moment because right. our TV deals are just not strong enough right so. yeah so
0: that was never realistic uh, never uh, re- never a realistic solution for me in terms of MLS um, PSG in their Champions League match did play uh, in an empty stadium um, and yet they've uh, legal one that's just
1: one of the leagues that have suspended play as well as Champions League for all of Europe and yeah, yeah you, you've seen you know leagues around the world, not only in uh, America with the likes of you know NBA, right. and, uh, Major League Baseball also suspending, uh, you know spring training for a little bit right. of time and delaying the start of their season, right? Right. right. And you know Premier League uh, after the uh, Arteta and Arsenal type of scare essentially, yeah. and, and then uh, also yeah Proud. Callum hudson odoi with Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is yeah. A, when we say global, this is absolutely, yeah, yeah, very much impacted. Uh, if you haven't really been paying attention, <laughs> right, <laughs> the past two days, but um. I think, curiously, you know, Liga MX and also, you know, the Australian League have not, yeah, quite yet, <laughs> as of this recording on a Friday. Right. So, uh, yeah, very curious that they have not suspended league play. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, like, 72 hours
0: ago, I could have, like, I could have understood, you know, maybe league play continuing, but I'm, I'm shocked, given everything that's happened in the last... 48 hours I'm shocked that uh, they're still continuing but uh, you know I just hope I just hope everyone's safe
1: yeah indeed indeed but uh, so many fans really I think asked uh, like immediately when uh, MLS was suspended that's oh does this allow Joseph to have more time to return I mean, theoretically, in a sense, but yeah, I think uh, the main part is that he hasn't even had surgery yet, and so it really starts when he has surgery, and that's that recovery period of at least six months in terms of, yeah, that rehab. Yeah, I mean, I gotta be honest, just
0: on a personal standpoint, I'm not keen for him to come back this season. You know, I just think he's better off, you know, taking the year off, you know, and then Preparing for proper comeback in 2021. That's just how I feel personally. Obviously, you know, if he if he goes to the rehab and he feels good and he's cleared by doctors, then okay. But for him to rush back for the end of the season, the postseason run, I, I I personally don't think that's the wisest thing.
1: Right. And then on top of that, uh, probably why he hasn't yet is because the swelling maybe hasn't gone down. Uh, then you also have, I mean, a lot of hospitals are overwhelmed right now. Sure. And so scheduling something that's yeah, I mean, it just seems a little bit where uh, it's not the, you know, utmost importance, unfortunately, and that's just kind of how it should be, really. Yeah, yeah. But uh, in terms of, you know, Miles Robinson and Franco Escobar, I think that's a really good thing for them, in yeah. a sense. That they get to recover, and whenever we return, they would at least, uh, in the interim, be fully healthy. Yeah, and also
0: so. uh, DeBoer announced that Jose too did sprain his ankle after twisting it in the Club América match, and so yeah, that's another player that could use a few weeks to recover now.
1: Right, and that's uh yeah definitely good for them. Uh yeah, uh, in terms of Darren Eels, he made a statement, uh yeah talking about uh you know the leagues that were closing and. Uh, that they are pretty much, uh, they're gonna do everything that they can, and they thank the fans for the patience and understanding as they try to gather more information. Yeah. Um, classic from the president as usual. Right. Uh, in terms of, uh, yeah, the teams are apparently are going to be allowed to conduct formal practices, uh, like, pretty much on Monday, that's at the earliest, which right. is very interesting. Uh, but they're uh, permitted to work out individually at the team training centers, yeah. so no mass, uh, you know, trainings in that regard. At least for pro over the weekend, right? And so you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's still it's uh, yeah, as much caution probably as necessary right now. I wouldn't so. be surprised if
0: uh, they didn't if teams didn't practice next week.
1: Yeah, you know, like, and that's 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 part of
0: the the challenge here for us too. Is everything's so fluid? News is coming in every hour, every couple hours. It feels like, but yeah, as of right now. Uh, it does seem like teams will be allowed to conduct team practices on Monday, but
1: we'll right. see. Indeed, but uh, yeah, so far the tickets also will be uh, for the postponed MLS matches of the one on Saturday that was supposed to be uh, against Sporting KC, the 21st against Chicago Fire, their home opener that will be postponed as well as the April 5th FC Cincinnati versus Atlanta uh, match. And, yeah, uh, so in terms of, um, yeah, those, they will get their money back or, uh, sorry, rather, they will uh, instead get their, uh, you know, that into the next uh, time that the games actually happen. Right. Sorry. Um, sorry. <laughs> so uh, when those games actually happen, then you will, uh, you know, That'd be able to make it. a decision about whether you can go or not. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. In terms of the CONCACAF Champions League, that's also a thing where, yeah, I mean, suspended immediate effect Wednesday will not happen at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Right. And uh, that will also be for 30 days. That was announced on Friday. And so, you know, all the other CONCACAF-related events also will be uh, suspended for 30 days as well. Right. Um, Yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, for... You know, Darren Eels and him saying anything about uh, if it will continue to be played at Fifth Third Bank Stadium when and if it returns. Right. Uh, it will be clear of those kind of legacy events in terms of Final Four and, right. you know, that type of thing. But, uh, yeah, he doesn't know if it will move from Fifth Third Bank Stadium to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So, yeah. Not the, you know... Not the news that maybe everybody wanted to hear, of course. Uh, yeah, you play a, a team the size of Club America. You want to have it yeah. uh, in your stadium, but mm-hmm. I think it is uh, at this, you know, case in point. You have to. Kind of play it by ear and see when you can actually return. Yeah. So. Yeah, it seems like
0: yeah we don't even we don't really know
1: when football is going to return. Exactly. <laughs> so um, also the two on the twenty twenty U S Open Cup has been temporarily suspended. The first three rounds were scheduled to happen March twenty fourth to twenty fifth, mm-hmm. April seventh to 9th, and April twenty first to twenty third. Yeah. And in that regard, I mean, uh, it's interesting. I mean, you know. I, you know, we won that U.S. Open Cup. That's, like, you know, a trophy that's kind of near and dear to us a little right? bit. Right,
0: and that's how we got into the Champions League. And right.
1: actually, before the uh, Open Cup
0: itself was suspended, uh, USL teams announced that they would not be participating in Open Cup again, you know, in, in response to the uh, the health crisis.
1: And, uh, Which is really brave of them as well, because they're not a single-entity type of league. Right. So that's... You know, they they lose a lot of match day revenue, but it was already probably gonna be really congested when they returned anyway. Right. So. And then, yeah, that kind
0: of compromises uh, what the Open Cup is and what it's about. I mean, like, the whole point of the Open Cup is that- Minnows
1: versus Giants. Exactly, yeah. Like, all
0: the leagues, all the teams of all the leagues get a chance to participate. You know, that's why every country has a version of it. And so, when you take that element out of it, then I think that jeopardized the Open Cup even happening. Now, of course, it's suspended, but I'm curious to see if, uh, if it's held if it this year, it is the longest continuous running competition in the world, soccer competition in the world. Yeah. And so, you know, and then of course, like I mentioned, it is a pathway to the Champions League. And so there are a lot of uh, material effects that come along with the Open Cup.
1: Right. And so it almost has to be played. And so uh, it's... Yeah, very brave, again, of the USL clubs to bow out of it. Uh, And also, of course, this impacts Atlanta United, too. They will not be playing as well. Uh, Yeah, in terms of the response to COVID-19, Arthur Blank will be compensating the hourly workers that work not only for Atlanta Falcons, but Atlanta United as well. Uh, That's really, really great uh, from the owner because, yeah, there's so many people affected uh, Mm -hmm. because of this, uh, not only because of health-wise, but I think monetarily-wise. Economically, uh, there will be far-reaching impacts of this as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, very, I think, damaging for a lot of people's uh, livelihood as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I urge if you're watching this, if you are in a place to be able to give, please support the uh, you know medical employees that are uh, really helping people try to even get out of this, get through this yeah. um, and also you know your service employees, your event employees, yeah. um, you know people that rely on gig type of economy and in mm-hmm. industries, uh, yeah there's a lot of people impacted yeah um, I mean
0: restaurants who are gonna be slower now maybe yeah. um, just in general I think but it's particularly like around uh, sports arenas and so on
1: right uh, people that um, yeah cover sports and people that um, you know are uh, you know part of the sporting events and you know that create content for it yeah uh, everyone is absolutely in going to be severely impacted they probably don't know when their next paycheck is going to come from so if you can help them support them in any way or manner buy them a beer uh, buy them a dinner um, you know support their Patreon um, whichever continue to consume their content in the meantime when they can't maybe uh, produce as much yeah. um, that's all I think very very important in this time so yeah hopefully uh, yeah if you are Again, in a position to be able to give that you are able to. Uh, but uh, in terms of uh, getting into a little bit lighter hearted in the power rankings for MLS, uh, it was very interesting. LA United was top after yeah. two games. Yeah. Uh, whether we, yeah, whether we deserved it or not is a whole different deal. Uh, I yeah. think you know, you play. Uh, the likes of, like, a sporting KC this weekend that also were undefeated and, mm-hmm. you know, two games, whatever. But, um, you know, they arguably could have been higher. Yeah. Uh, they were sixth. And, yeah, we played against, you know, an expansion team and also uh, the team that got the wooden spoon last year. Right. And, you know, 2-1 results. I don't know if we deserve it, but... but hey, we'll take, mean, it. we'll take it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're not experts. Yeah,
1: but... Um, and so, in terms of... Uh, you know, the kind of transfer rumors that were swirling around Jurgen Dam of Tigris. Mm-hmm. Frank de Boer, he talked about and responded to those reports. He said to MLSsoccer.com that nobody, uh, nobody from the team has told me about that player. MLS needs players like him to raise the level, but were not in contact with him. Yeah, he did kind of the distance himself from it kind of response. Yeah, we always, uh, I don't know,
0: I think we were always skeptical about this one. to
1: Yeah, I think uh, the the links, even if it was uh, TUDN that uh, eventually picked it up, the links were very, very weak and seemed a little bit more dartboard. And I think... (sighs) you know you're seeing a little bit more of this often now that la united are just involved as one of those teams that gets paired with you know a player that maybe is wantaway or right. uh you know an agent is trying to you know pair to kind of go somewhere and mm-hmm. you know just it's uh it's gonna happen even more so i feel like yeah but, i agree yeah But um, yeah, there was a report from Dutch site uh, De Telegraph that said that LA United and Boer's agent Guido Albers, they were searching in the, the market to find a young, pacey, talented striker who was on the bench at a large club and can be loaned. So you know that's uh, that, there's a that is a lot of players actually right really. exactly and it's,
0: um, it's not specific <laughs> but I mean like it makes sense I guess so it's like it could be true but also
1: probably what they were always doing yeah exactly and so that's uh you know that's that profile that we want probably but still it's going to be very very difficult especially when you have uh, this league suspensions and whatnot. It really will impact if we can even bring in players that their contract expires June 30th. Most of the you know the leagues around the world anyway, and then so you know if it is that case, um, you know, and they try to return play uh, in terms of their league, and then uh, are they still contracted with that? team do they sign like short-term contracts to just play out the rest of the season right. if that happens right um and then you know it's just bringing in players in this time period is going to be really really difficult yeah. so it'll be something to watch but
0: I, I mean like i just don't see how the transfer window looks the same i mean like premier yeah. league officials and european officials are, are set to meet on tuesday i believe it is mm-hmm. uh, yeah big meeting and uh, i mean like Sources suggest that they're not going to return play in 30 days. They're like, this thing is, you know, beyond, has broken containment in those, I think, specific areas, like Italy, for example. Yeah.
1: They, uh, yeah. Premier League uh, officials apparently, according to a tweet, uh, they were saying, and I think there was a Sky Sports tweet, yeah. uh, or a reporter anyway, saying that it was a 75% chance that, uh, you know, the league wouldn't even be able to continue. Uh, that's. Uh, obviously heartbreaking for them. Um, I think for MLS, yeah, obviously, different story. Right. Just started the season, we can probably fit that in. Right. But it does impact, you know, what type of, uh, you know, not only transfer window that can happen, but also uh, how the league can end for them. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Will yeah. Liverpool win the league after 30 years? Oh, Who man. Who knows? Oh, There's, man. Uh, either way, any scenario that happens, People are gonna be angry. Yeah. Subset of fans are going to be angry, but um, yeah. And so, uh, in the large scheme of it, yeah, um, you know the you know Premier League that if that does continue, that's the whole thing. Right. Uh, MLS, uh, there's also um, talks of it being at least um, you know a couple months, mm. eight weeks. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if uh, something like that actually. Can or cannot happen. Yeah. Uh, moving on to something a little bit more lighthearted, Greg Garza was on BSI the podcast. That's the Benny Fialheiber, Sal Zizo, former player of ours, and Ike Paro's podcast, uh, where they pretty much interview their buddies or you know players that are in the league or retired players. Right. But uh, he reflected, Garza reflected on the 2018 MLS Cup. And uh, yeah, he said a lot of very interesting things in terms of being with the team, but uh, that MLS Cup really, really, I think uh, he said that you knew from the very beginning, even in 2017, I would probably say after the first few games of the season was that if we could just get some more depth in this team after the first season, that you knew from the second season that uh, that it needed to be a championship team. I mean,
0: yeah, I think that a lot of people felt that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Especially with Tata, I think like, you know, even before it actually happened, you always felt like Tata was the key to engineering this thing. He was such a big get for Atlanta United. You know, it was just like, yeah, with this manager and these players, like, the way it came out of the gate in year one. I think we were definitely the favorites going into year two.
1: Yeah, and then uh, he went on to say that I think losing Supporter Shield and then getting our asses beat against Toronto in that last game really helped us go all the way. Um, Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, what's really interesting also in the podcast, you should listen to it, uh, was him saying that uh, he doesn't even think that Tata Martino was you know the best, I think, tactical coach that he ever had. Very interesting. Uh, He said that Tata which means grandpa in Spanish, uh, that he was more like a grandpa figure, like a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, type of father figure for them more so, and that they had a lot of great respect for him, uh, but it wasn't his actual, like, best tactical coach. Very, very interesting.
0: I think, yeah, so. I think it makes sense too, kind of falls in line with his profile a little bit. I mean, like, Tata did have that reputation of, you know, falling short in the big game and so mm-hmm. on, you know what I mean? So. I, I could see, and yeah, that, that, I don't even think that's necessarily criticism. It's just like maybe tactics, like being obsessed about tactics, is a yeah. Tata's thing, yeah. As much as it is like man motivation, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, lighting a fire under players. Because like some of the stuff he would say sometimes after games, especially after poor performances, he's just like, look, uh, like okay, when we when they lost to the of Shi, it was like, you know, we betrayed ourselves. You know what I mean? We betrayed our style and and so on. And you know, it's tough words. So it does he does feel like a, a real father figure in that regard both encouraging and being tough yeah a
1: motivator yeah Yeah. definitely um yeah and then he also uh he was asked about um you know the supporters and whatnot and uh he like pretty much revealed that yeah he, he does feel like yeah uh we do stuff ballots and uh, he said, I won gold a week uh, twice and they were both tap-ins. <laughs> Which, fair, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I remember that one against uh, Vancouver Whitecaps and pretty much, yeah, he had the Ronaldo celebration but it's like, yeah, I mean, it pretty much back post, he, <laughs> he gets it in from like pretty close in the six, it's, yeah, <laughs> fair. I Michael mean, Parra had a, I think, large problem with uh, our, our fans <laughs> in that regard but, you know it's a it's a great podcast so go listen to it but yeah. anyway um moving on from that lgp had a great tribute for joseph martinez he did the iconic neil celebration that joseph does and then he held up the seven after he scored for cholos yeah. uh, this past weekend and man, tearjerker dude that's just you know clearly he's just a great dude in, in the sense of like you know uh he's looking out for his fallen brother yeah um, and then yeah, I mean you can tell that he follows the team still it's yeah. it's real
0: You know what I mean exactly and yeah, it's just love to see a, a you know Former players who still have a connection to the seams to, to the team somehow right. And also shout out to LGP and Cholos. They're on their way to a Copa Meki final yeah. That's what uh, that was the match he's involved in this past week the semi-final so mm-hmm. yeah best of luck to them
1: Yeah, and so uh, yeah LGP is clearly doing it 2020 for Joseph. Yeah, yeah. but um yeah around the world a little bit so let's uh, talk about uh, you know so Italy they shut down the pretty much the entire country in a sense mm-hmm. um, Papu Gomez of uh, Inter Milan he uh, pretty much said that uh, there's no one in the streets it's like being in a horror movie on that lockdown in Italy right now I mean that's yeah that's just the, the state of what it is right now, and yeah. uh, it could be where it's coming to the United States as well. In that sense, where if you know we're locked down, we shall see. But right, um, and if he's in Milan, I mean that's one of the busiest cities in the world, so if that normally, place looks like a yeah. ghost town. You know. exactly. So, uh, but uh, in terms of um, yeah, this is where okay, the uh, football authorities in England and Europe they're braced for a total shutdown of the game until at least September. According to the Independent, uh, that's really, really interesting. I mean, that pretty much, you know, it kind of blows through transfer windows. It blows through ends of seasons. Right. I mean, this is uh, very serious. What you know, we're dealing with here. I so, mean,
0: like they're basically saying nothing's been confirmed, but they're basically considering that we may have just seen the end of the 2020 season for the Premier League. Yeah. You know, which is... Or the 1920
1: season. Right. 1920. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, moving on from that, uh, there was a crazy game that happened over the weekend. The Porto Alegre derby between Grêmio and Internacional in Brazil ended with a mass brawl and eight red cards on Thursday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the I, images yeah. were, those were scenes. No, was, yeah, oh yeah, for God.
0: sure. It reminded me of Miles um, in the Palace.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's essentially, yeah, right? It, it wasn't quite with, like, fans, but it right, was definitely, right. yeah, not a pretty it sight. It looked
0: like whole squads were involved, like, yeah, yeah.
1: But eight red cards, that's, I don't know if that's uh, a precedent, but wow. Yeah. <laughs> But, I don't understand how the match continues. Like,
0: don't you just end the match? Like, it's like y'all brawl. It's over. Like, exactly right.
1: Yeah, you're just like we cannot continue with you know so few players on the pitch. Right. But it did. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but um, and yeah. so uh, anyway, uh, moving on from that. Uh, yeah. So the USF, USSF, uh, the United States Soccer Federation, they got rid of the former president now, in terms of Carlos Cordero. Uh, Pretty much, he said some pretty insensitive things that... Well,
0: yeah, it wasn't what he said so much, but it was in the legal filings that, you know, he had to have approved, you know, and yeah, they... um, If you haven't uh, read them yet, essentially uh, USSF tries to make... I guess, tries to define athleticism as work, and within that argument,
1: basically suggests that... um, Oh, let's see. Let's yeah, see. <laughs> that men uh, apparently have more skill because uh, they're men versus uh, females. Right. And that's they, that's ridiculous. Like,
0: especially essentially that their sport, the men's sport, is harder than the women's sport and that um, they uh, carry more responsibility. And there was even a line about hostile crowds and it
1: was... Whew, it was not received well, I yeah. think, is the... Yeah, and that's uh, also, I mean, you know, the U.S.... Uh, women's national team, they were vying for pay raises. Yeah. Um, And yeah, to hear that, I mean, pretty much uh, sponsors of the women's national team and, uh, you know, USSF in general, they pretty much heard that they fought back pretty, very quickly. And uh, yeah, I think they had a hand probably in why that uh, Carlos Cadero was uh, eventually, yeah, he resigned.
0: And And I'm one of the, one of the uh, most, uh, the strongest statements came from Don Garber,
1: yeah, MLS uh, commissioner. Yeah, yeah,
0: you know, and you know, is you know, you can read the statement online, but basically, yeah, he was not happy with the with those legal filings and the, you know how they described, I guess, the women's national team and right. essentially
1: as inferior. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, Cindy Parlow has moved forward as now the uh, first female president of the USSF, uh, also a former Atlanta beat, you know, soccer player. So, uh, has some Atlanta ties, that's uh, hopefully... As well as the national team. Yeah, Yeah. hopefully there are, uh, you know, some... Strides for that uh, the USSF can do. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's needing to be almost open-heart surgery with <laughs> the Federation right now. There's
0: actually just a piece uh, that was posted today by Michael McCann. He's kind of like a law expert, but mostly writes about sports uh, for SI. And he actually believes that with uh, this recent move, Carlos Cardero stepping down and um, Cindy Parlow becoming the president, that there's better chance that USSF and the women's national team will settle, will eventually come to terms in terms of what the women are seeking. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I, you know, I support the women wholeheartedly in this cause and, and I hope that they can come to terms so that, you know, this relationship stops being awkward. like. I think the USSF just has egg on its face for so many different reasons, you know, like some, we can talk about the men's team, how they've handled certain things. And then this issue with the women, you know, it's like, they they
1: rightfully protested by flipping their training kits inside out, which, uh, yeah, had the badge as pretty much a blank, but still the outline and then their four stars spoke volumes. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, in terms of, um, you know, what they bring to the table, that pretty much exemplifies what. Day two, Pretty much. So, anyway, uh, let's move on from that. Uh, we're done with the news, and we did it kind of reverse as we normally do. But uh, we feel like, yeah, the suspension of league play was definitely of higher importance to talk about mm-hmm. uh, because of COVID-19. Uh, so, let's get into the match review uh, unfortunately yeah
0: (laughs) we gotta do it right (laughs) yeah
1: so yeah it was three nil loss against Club America Uh, probably a little bit unfair of a scoreline for both sides really actually (laughs) Um, yeah maybe they could have scored more Mm -hmm. we definitely should have at least scored one right Uh, yeah PT Martinez hits the post and the crossbar on one and then hits the post on another or I mean hits the crossbar on another I mean and then uh, yeah you have chances kind of uh, almost right at uh, Jimenez yeah. and then also uh, a header, I, think, I believe, from uh, Mesa that's Jimenez right. also is pretty easily, well not easily, but like pretty, uh, yeah, almost acrobatically saves a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, a little bit of an annoying match to watch here, but in yeah. terms of uh, that starting lineup, it looked like this. Where, yeah, you had Guzan between the sticks, obviously, uh, but you also had Loretowitz, Mesa, and Walks in that back line. Right. You had Adams, Rometty, Heineman in the middle. You had Mulroney and Lennon uh, as the wingbacks, and then Barco and PT up top. Yeah. Uh, kind of, yeah, I mean, as the strikers, but I mean, obviously, no one really there to hold up the play, right. and that. Seem like it kind of was a pretty big issue. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, Club America, were able to run rampant on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, twelve and third, uh, twelve and thirteen-minute goals. Uh, that first one, probably a lack of closing down yeah. from us uh, again. Another long-range effort. That uh, yeah. I mean, Golasso, <laughs> but it is a recurrent problem yes. for sure. Yes. yes. Uh, and then that second goal. Yeah. I mean. You kind of have us getting, uh, you know, all over the shop a little bit. Maybe we're, uh, you know, in response to them scoring, we try to push forward a little bit, yeah. uh, leaving some spaces in behind us, and uh, yeah, we're beat on our uh, right side. And I mean, I mean, they they put it away pretty pretty easily. They put it away, yeah, and then walks and well the, as well. But. Yeah,
0: yeah, and the move like it's very precise. You know, like walks, I think, just keeps him on. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's good movement, off the ball, nice pass, you know, good finish. Very tidy goal, basically. Yeah, America. from,
1: yeah, Henry Martin, yeah, he, yeah it, he's, you know, one of their, uh, you know, kind of star strikers. Like, mm-hmm. he, yeah, if you give him that much uh, space one-on-one, I mean, pretty much, yeah, easy for him. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, in terms of... Uh, yeah, the third goal, it's a set piece where, yeah, we are struggling at the moment at defending them. Yes, And I think when you have a makeshift back line that hasn't really played together as, um, you know, that three, um, you have pretty much Hyman getting, uh, you know, beat on a header when... You know why is he marking their best header? Right, is also an issue. Yeah. Um, you know I think okay. we mentioned it in the preview before this. That uh, yeah, I mean you know like the the um, you know the header from uh, the defender is something that we need to look out for. Right. And it is, you know, it's a, it's something that happens in the game. And it's just uh, it, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's not not for the first time this season, you know what I mean? Like we talked
0: about it after Nashville and yeah, it is. It's annoying. It's annoying. I mean, it's not a new problem. It's just uh, it's a it's a kind of a sucker punch way to give up goals. You know what I mean? For sure. Cause, you know, because like set pieces, they're not really like the flow of the game. And so it's it's a it's set pieces are an opportunity to steal an advantage or, you know, lose an advantage and it seems to be more often than not we're on the losing end of that battle.
1: Right. And uh, so in terms of I think, yeah, the setup in terms of uh, being reserved and being a little bit yeah. uh, you know parking the bus a little bit right. more right. Uh, it's not a bad tactic in the sense yeah. that because we're short so many of our top players right. but I think when you you know have the personnel I think that don't really allow you to have a release valve Yes. That's really, I think, our bone to pick with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like parking the bus, it's, uh, it's popular among managers, it's not popular with fans necessarily. Yeah. You know, people don't necessarily like to see it or talk about it necessarily, uh, but it's been around forever. I mean, Italians call it catenaccio, you know, it's just, yeah, you're going into uh, a hostile environment, an adversarious environment, right? Like, even with our best players, America is still a better team Probably Yeah uh, And so you know Like you know that You're not necessarily Going to have most of the ball But uh, Like you talked about I think our big uh, You know What was on Our undoing Was just Not being able to release Any pressure whatsoever Not having any spells Of possession You know Like like, okay, when you see the numbers like 35 versus 65 in terms of like possession, that's not like a constant thing, you know? Like, even within a half or 20 minutes or whatever, you have like spells of possession here and there where you can at least like build a proper counterattack. Or just like simply where you're not defending, even build a whole attack, you know what I mean? Like, I think uh, with the personnel we had, we just never had an opportunity to do that. And, you know, not to be too harsh on one player, I just. Don't think Mo Adams was the right player for this particular game. Yeah. I, you know, I still believe in him as a, as a valuable, you know, midfielder, squad player going forward. I just think this particular game, not necessarily, you know, definitely playing right center back. Sure, definitely expected that. But I think you could have maybe started John and had somebody to lump the ball up to so he could hold up the play a little bit to allow Barco and Petey and others to get up the field. You know, you notice we were lumping the ball up a lot, but to who? You know what I mean?
1: yeah it was almost balls over the top to barco or pt and yeah they would have to be tasked with keeping it until other players were brought into the play and i mean they're like one against three or one against five and then it's just really really difficult to uh really build anything i mean both of them work their tails off but absolutely difficult on them to even be able to uh, play their normal game yeah. and so uh, to task them with all that is yeah maybe a little bit unfair right. um, and so yeah I mean it's it's difficult uh, obviously the whole of it to uh, you know kind of know how you're going to want to play sure. when you're down so many players it's yeah. a midweek game after you just played on Saturday uh, but I think at the end of the day like yeah what you saw obviously just wasn't good enough right but yeah uh, Yeah, in the second half, I think we definitely played a lot better. Sure, Uh, Maybe if it was Club America, uh, maybe, you know, taking the gas off the pedal slightly as well. But, uh, you know, Mateus Hossetu coming in, yeah, really changed the game a little bit for us in the 10 minutes he was on. Uh, Yeah, looked pretty uh, tidy to where, you know, you have someone that can keep the ball, Mm -hmm. um, you know, has ideas Going forward, yeah, uh, it definitely helped us in that regard. But uh, yeah, he goes off with an injury. Right, um, it's a twisted ankle. Right. Yeah, and so that's it's um you know you get Emmanuel Castro that comes in, mm-hmm. uh, who yeah I think did pretty decent for just coming into the team this week. Right, yeah, um, and yeah, I mean he was uh, definitely trying to uh, make some things happen. But I yeah. think end of the day you saw a lack of chemistry, yeah. uh, not only in attack but. In the defense as well, and he was also
0: did. being used primarily centrally. And you know, that, you know, he did say he he prefers the wings, like that's just his more natural position. So I mean, like maybe with time, he can uh, kind of replicate what Joseph does to a degree. But you know, to throw him to have to come on in that situation, I think is a little bit tough on him. And he, you know, he did okay, he showed some flashes here and there. Yeah, exactly.
1: But um, yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the stats at the end of the day, though. Uh, you know, 18 shots for Club America, 17 shots for us. Uh, you know, shots on target, 7 to 5 for Atlanta. Uh, corner kicks, 8 to 5 for Atlanta. Uh, fouls committed, 13 to 11. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, possession, 57 to 43. Club America had it. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, they pretty much, they're, it's fairly close. Right. It's not, uh, you know, obviously. You know, if they're at home the possession is a little higher but 3-0 I think yeah it just doesn't really show you know the type of scoreline that I think this game actually was right you know we were just uh, very very poor in the first half yeah second half we definitely uh, you know it's a tale of two halves as yeah. they say but uh, at the end of the day, I mean... And it's another mirrored scoreline mm-hmm. of last year against Monterey. Yeah. And so we have all to do in Kennesaw if it is in Kennesaw. Yeah, and
0: one more note... You know, one more thought about this game. Like, I think... Yeah, in terms looking at how the likeliest uh, outcomes for this match... I think it would have been always difficult to hold America to less than two goals, right? I think two or three goals is probably on the card for them. I just wonder if we had played better and maybe you know started with a different personnel in the first half yeah. if we would have had more opportunities to score in that half and then like maybe more so in the second half right. to where it's like a 3-1 4-2 type of deal you know like if we get if we get a goal out of this it's you know we're still up
1: against it but like it's doable to a degree you know yeah it's doable but it is um going into the match you know you heard uh Frank de boris say that you know 1-1 is a good result uh, of course 5-0 is a great result of course <laughs> right. he was saying that type right, of stuff right, right, but right. um you know i think you saw going in that he was probably going to be a little bit more pragmatic sure. uh and then that's the the difficulty is maybe we gave them too much respect in the yeah. you know not only the personnel but also the way we played yeah um but uh, then, at, at the end of the day, it's that the chemistry has a lot, large, large part to play in this because of mm-hmm. uh, just how much, uh, how little, you know, the guys have actually played with each other. I mean, if you look at the, kind of, uh, you know, the squad uh, recruitment on a whole, it's pretty much half the players, pretty much, that are, s- like, new to the team. Yeah. And uh, that's <laughs> yeah. a huge difficulty that, you know, we've had, essentially four matches, like real matches, for them to actually get acclimated, and then they haven't even played in this uh, formation, nor personnel in terms of uh, the players that were in there. So, yeah, I mean, it was, we were up against it from the very beginning. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be a, a difficult second leg, but, you know, stranger things have also happened. Sure, so, yeah, You know, whenever that second leg happened. Exactly, so maybe uh, it could be a PSG Barcelona type of <laughs> Or uh, Liverpool yeah. Barcelona. Yeah, or Liverpool Barcelona, yeah. I mean, there's just some, there's just gonna be some time between this. Yeah. So, you know, at least in terms of preparation, uh, Franck de Boer did say after the match that, yeah, we only had like three, three and a half days to really uh, prepare. So, okay, you know, now you have a lot of time before whenever it's going to happen. You know how they do set up uh, and what type of personnel that they do have. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's game on now, in a sense. <laughs> Not game on in the result-wise, maybe in that respect. But yeah. uh, in terms of um, the post-match quotes, uh, uh said that, uh, yeah, he pretty much takes the blame for this match in that uh, we chose a tactical concept, not the normal way we play. More reserved, dropping a little bit deeper. The trip, the altitude. We decided to play really compact. We never really get, we never really got pressure on them. That's on me. I made the decision, and that's the difficulty. There is, yeah, because not only the altitude, because of, you know them running around uh that's already a big hurdle or uh, you know as well because yeah. um they're not used to that i mean it's they're probably gasping for air yeah. at the end of it even probably during it uh even before the, the first half even ended i'm sure it was yeah sucking wind so yeah and i mean like two things here that stand out to me one
0: i uh, applaud the board for you know Saying I take the blame, that's on me. You know, I made the tactical decision. But um, where he says we never really got pressure on them, yeah, I totally agree. I think that one thing that I said, uh, you may have heard me say in the past about teams facing United, is that I think the teams who sit back too much, I think that's the mistake. I think you want to at least get pressure on the midfielders. To where they're not, you know, having the space to create, and I think America had their midfielders, yeah, just dictated the entire game. We lost the midfield battle. Like even if you're trying to sit back, you got to win the midfield battle. That first goal, uh, you know, the screamer. There are nine players, nine LA United players in the box when that ball's trickling out. I mean, like we're just
1: just at way too deep. Yeah, it's it's too low of a block, and uh, that's the difficulty here. Is uh, you know why are we doing that? Uh, You know we. We, I, I think that might be a book on us in terms of, uh, you know, shots from distance. Mm-hmm. Like I think other teams know that that's somewhere that they can exploit with their long rangers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but DeBoer, uh, I think rightfully so, he said, I'm really proud of the guys the way they played the second half. We really deserved a goal, but we lost the game in the first half. Definitely, I mean, I think we deserved a goal for sure. I mean, again, yeah. PT you oh. know, hitting crossbar. That free just... kick, I I didn't even expect him to shoot. <laughs> just... Yeah, yeah, it's true. And um, yeah, it was so tantalizingly close. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really is uh, an undeserved three-nil for sure. Right. Uh, Adam John did say on the uh, tweet on Twitter afterwards um, a kind of rah-rah that this ain't over. An uphill battle, sure, but we're not giving up. And we'll need your support in the return leg to mount an epic comeback. And yeah, you you love to see that from uh, new players that are, I think, showing some leadership and showing, um, you know, at least the fans as well, that, uh, yeah, there's fight from the team. They're definitely, yeah, you saw the fight in the second half for sure. That, uh, yeah, the Five Stripes, they weren't giving it up. They were uh, fighting for every ball after, you know, I think some tactical changes and, uh, with Hosetu coming in, so it, it definitely is. When
0: are we gonna get lucky with injuries, man? Like if yeah. Hosetu could have finished out half, even I, I just I don't know, because like I really believe that he's gonna uh, bring an element to the team that we currently don't
1: have. Yeah, I mean it, it is. Yeah, he's uh, someone that's just very technical and uh, is able to push us forward, and that is uh, just another player on the pitch like that. It's going to be very crucial. But anyway, that does it for the match review and almost pretty much uh, like football for a while in terms of, uh, for LA United, in terms of those match reviews. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, hopefully, you know, the uh, in terms of public health, that uh, hopefully settles down soon. But, you know, we we, we don't know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so... Let's get into the buy or sell. And buy or sell, we essentially put up an LA United topic and say if we buy or sell it and give our reasons why. First topic is that MLS will return before May 2020, buy or sell. So like, you say before May, like before May 1st? Yeah, I mean, right now it's gonna be 30 30, uh, days. And so that's, you know, April uh, 19th. And uh, if that is, I mean, so I yeah right before like so yeah get your crystal ball out man.
0: yeah no I know right um so yeah I think six weeks is an optimistic but still within reason um I think maybe when MLS can restart be cleared to restart uh so six weeks would put us I think right before May and so I guess I could buy that I mean it's I'm not I gotta be honest it's you're reading this stuff is just grim you know I yeah. mean like. Maybe like we mentioned, other leagues preparing for a long-term shutdown. Um, I, I yeah, I hope as you know, a society at least in the U.S. we are able to contain this thing uh, before it gets you know before it spreads too quickly, too far. Um, yeah, I think it's possible that six weeks you know we can resume
1: play. Yeah. Uh, you are, uh, than I in that respect of, uh, buying or selling this, I sell completely that we can return before May 2020. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, uh, I'm wrong. Hopefully the containment does happen. Hopefully the cases do go way, way down, but I just, I don't know, uh, seeing how everything is going at the moment. How it really can, uh, you know, really happen before that. Because you have also, you have to get them ramped back up, um, yeah. you know, in terms of almost like a preseason as well. It's difficult for, uh, yeah, we have to have a, almost a secondary preseason to get them ready. Yeah. Like, who do we play? Do we play fellow MLS sides? That's probably not going to be the case. Do we play some local teams around us? Maybe that's interesting to kind of uh, prep in. You know, the the run-up to, uh, you know. But, uh, yeah, we will see. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully this stuff, uh, yeah, really resolves very soon. But I just, I, I don't know. Okay. But uh, next by our cell is that J.J. Williams will play more than 10 games in all competitions for Atlanta United in 2020.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm going to... I'm gonna buy that, especially with, uh, so MLS right now, anyway, their intention is to complete all 34 regular season matches. Um, it does seem like in that situation, the schedule would be more condensed. And so I think, yeah, there's an opportunity for JJ Williams to play. Look, striker obviously has not been locked down yet. Uh, you saw it versus Club America. We went essentially without a striker. Um, So I think that Frank DeBoer will be tinkering and trying different things. And yeah, I could see JJ Williams at least getting 10 appearances.
1: Yeah, uh, I think I agree as well, and it's because of you know the transfer window being just, just so up in the air. You oh. have no idea if we're going to actually be able to like bring in players uh, when we're going to be able to, and so yeah, with the condensed schedule, like you were saying, it really could be a case where Williams, yeah, I mean, sees a lot more playing time than maybe they had intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was definitely uh, always going to be more of a a third striker type yeah. of guy mm-hmm. in the death chart. Excuse me. And so in, uh, in that regard, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll probably see a lot more of him. And uh, hopefully, yeah, he will uh, show out and uh, show his worth in terms of, yeah, why he was drafted so highly in the Super Draft. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that does it for buy or sell and gets us to the mailbag. You guys send in these questions through IG story. Continue to do so, and we might answer your question in the future. First question comes from Panth Neon What position should we bring in if we sign players during season suspension? So that's the difficulty, (laughs) is uh, we don't really know if uh, you know, for those uh leagues that are suspended Mm -hmm. uh, and their players and their contracts ending June 30th, who we can bring in, but uh, if, if everything was rosy. What position would you? Right,
0: um, oof, probably, probably striker or uh, either striker or central midfield. Um, yeah, I think that uh, you know we've used two young players at center back, and I think Wyke and Campbell are going to be part of the first team for for the most part this season. Um, George Bello is back, and Castillo I think is close to coming back, so we have some depth there, provided that they stay healthy. Um, so yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe right back possibly, but I think we have numbers there as well. So, but striker, I think at central midfield, definitely stand out as positions we can probably address with another player.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, it's, uh, I think paramount that we bring in a striker that can actually, um, you know, running behind that can, uh, do something different than what, uh, John and Williams can do. Uh, but, you know, as of right now, there is, uh, you know, one one senior roster spot. So, we'll see. Uh, in terms of international spot, I mean, don't really worry with only United, per se. Right. So, uh, <laughs> even though we, you know, uh, Wyke did take one, but, you know, uh, I think the added bonus was that Williams didn't take up a senior roster spot at all.
0: Yeah.
1: Next question comes from Dom Yermian, Dom Yermian, 20. Mm-hmm. Do you think the 30-day break could break the momentum we had in the MLS? You know,
0: I don't think we really had momentum. I'm going to be honest. Like, I think we uh, scraped by with those wins. Like, okay, you know, like, we played well in spots, I think, in those matches. But they weren't necessarily the best performances. And so while they were performances that, yeah, you can build off of, um, I don't know if we necessarily lost that much momentum in terms of I don't think we had that much momentum going. I mean, like, I I think the Clue America match was a good example of that, like, you know, they kind of uh, showed us real quick that uh, this was a different quality and, Mm -hmm. you know, I think even the Kansas City match would have been a lot tougher than what we had faced before that. So. Um, I guess, in a way, not really, just because, like, it was so early. I don't think we really got on the roll.
1: Right. Yeah, it definitely is. uh, Our first two matches were against the lesser opposition, let's face it. Yeah. Uh, And so, you know, for us to really, uh, I think, be sweating it, it really isn't really a factor right now. Um, You know, two games into a season and, uh, you know, three games, essentially, um you know, into CCL. It's yeah, right now not a huge, huge factor. Yeah. Next question comes from Josh period eighteen twenty three. Now the season has been suspended, do you think that Joseph can make it back? I think we alluded to it earlier. Yeah. I mean your opinion, yeah. Yeah, I just I just don't want him to rush back for twenty twenty to be
0: honest. Like it's you know, like I said before, if he's cleared by doctors then fine. But aside from
1: that really I think he should take his time. Yeah. Um I think yeah if he can uh, do Joseph things in that respect, where uh, he's a warrior and he will like fight like crazy to come back as early as possible, yeah. uh, maybe you give him a little bit of a look, uh, at least in training, and uh, you know maybe some, uh, you know, kind of almost reserve games uh, in the run up to maybe like if the uh, the season's still happening in November or something like that. But yeah, um, yeah I think. Best case scenario for me is probably, yeah, he uh, has an eye for 2021 versus the end of 2020. But next question comes from EMAV2339. EMAV2339 asks, hey, do you think they are going to extend the season? I think almost... almost a certainty at this point that yeah. it would be extended because there is at least one more month that they could tack on. Right. Uh, I think they would probably want to do that versus, you know, really a lot of fixture congestion yeah. uh, and make it really, really difficult to, like, travel and whatnot. Although now it's going to be probably fully all chartered flights. Oh, right. Yeah. But uh, it still will be, I think, very, um, very much so, I think. But... You know they could go whichever other route if um, you know our (laughs) fixture congestion gets so crazy.
0: Right. Yeah. I think uh, the the regular season finale decision day is October sixth as of right now I believe. And uh, yeah, I could definitely see see it to where there's you got the uh, what you call the FIFA international window. I think the following week they started doing that last year um, in terms of MLS scheduling it like that. And so I think yeah, probably play. The regular season continues after that international break, maybe up until the next one and then the playoffs start. So, yeah, kind of, of. Yeah, pretty yeah. much pretty like that
1: 2018 World e- exactly. Cup. Uh, right. Yeah, ending on the, like mid to early December. Right. So, yeah. 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 It'll be tough, but um, yeah. Hopefully last it doesn't rain. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right Hopefully, it's not. Yeah, bitter cold rain, but right. uh, it very much could be. It's Georgia. Yeah. Anyway, uh, last question comes from Keaton Thomas sixty one, and the question is, how are y'all doing during this time of crisis? How will you cope without soccer for now? It's not just it's sports, man. Without sports, like it's all halted. I yeah. uh... all the distractions for people uh, in terms of sporting. Uh, Endeavors are going to be, uh, yeah, something that is a huge void for a lot of people. Yeah, Um, not only in the professional sports world, but as well as uh, you know the. Um, kind of, uh, you know, little league and, mm-hmm. you, know, um, you know, youth soccer leagues and yeah. that type of thing where. I mean, yeah, the NCAA
0: canceled all their winter and spring championships. I mean, it's really, you know, uh, uh, basketball, of course, got the most of the attention, but really it's all of those athletes who, like, you know, I yeah. think the NCAA did announce that they would uh, restore, uh, what do you call it, eligibility for the spring athletes. Uh, so that they can have their you know their season their senior season I guess next season or whatever but uh yeah I mean that's you know it's it sucks it's 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 sad you know yeah. for for those kids you know like you mentioned the uh, for high school athletes, for for middle school athletes, all all across the spectrum.
1: Sure. And then, I mean, in terms of us, I mean, uh, I think still it's fairly new in that regard where, yeah, we're still going to figure out how we will deal with this. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it will be obviously a little bit more difficult to create uh, at Lane United, you know, uh, type of content in that regard. Uh, But uh, I think, yeah, I've got a bunch of ideas on uh, how... Uh, We want to do it, but uh, you guys, please leave us in the comments below what you guys would like to see us do. Maybe some FIFA challenge stuff. Maybe some forfeit challenges. (laughs) This Uh, guy has been yearning to play me in FIFA. He cannot beat me. He's yet to do it. I also do just don't play FIFA a whole lot. Um, and that's, yeah, I will maybe try to play more of that. But, uh, yeah, I think you'll see a lot more solitary type of events uh, that uh, people will be doing. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Netflix binges probably for a lot of people. Probably. Reading books, what? For people? <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, just uh, kind of lessening the social gathering and more of the social distancing uh as they are i think advising right now which is wise but uh yeah i mean soccer such a huge huge part of both of our lives i feel like Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean we consume a lot of it (laughs) and it will be very very difficult to fill that void it is yeah i mean it's i don't know i mean we Please, leave us some suggestions Yeah, seriously. what, uh, you know, because there will be some other time that, but, uh, but it is, I also, I love movies, I love television and, yeah. and that type of thing too, but it can only fill it for so long. But.
0: There's, there's so many shows that I need to catch up on and binge on and yeah. so I guess now
1: I have no excuse. Right. What's, what's one big one that you haven't seen that everyone's talked about? <sighs> the Wire. The Wire. I need oh, to watch, man. I know, I need to watch The Wire yeah, the all the way through. Um, yeah. Breaking Bad. So, yeah. Oh. Watch yeah. Breaking Bad first, <laughs> but The Wire is absolutely also a must-watch. But right. I don't know how much time you have, like, with all that. But uh, for me, it's Game of Thrones. I just never. never uh, I mean, I I watched the first season, and that was pretty much it. I was like, okay, there's so much exposition, and I feel like the uh, the actual like kind of um, the episodes afterwards, like the little mini docs afterwards, yeah, really gave more context than the actual show itself. Mm, So, for me, uh, that's one that, yeah, it's just so dense, so many characters. Uh, Maybe now I I finally have some time to. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, it was one of those, like, it's one of those event shows that I just didn't want to, like, follow up with every single week. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, for me, Game of Thrones. But, anyway, that does it for the mailbag and pretty much the entire show, except for the question of the day. So guys, look, let's be honest. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a grim
0: time, you know, with uh, sports screeching to a halt and really in a lot of ways our society being disrupted. But uh, we decided we'd maybe ask a lighter question. What will you guys be doing to pass the time without sports? Definitely get in the comments, let us know
1: because we need ideas. <laughs> Indeed. And that's it for us today. Remember to stay up to date with the World Health Organization and CDC.gov on all the details regarding COVID-19. Don't take unnecessary risks and stay safe. Wash your hands, fam. And thank you guys so much for listening. For Mark, I'm AJ. We'll see you in the next episode.